<laughs> She's literally FaceTiming me right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like we're in a good place. Do you feel like we're in a good place? So serendipitous. Your wow. face just got so red. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Hi, Robbie. Hey. How are you? So great to see you. So good to see you, kind of. Miss you everyone. from our days in New York. It's I know. Like, every time it's we sad. chat, I'm like, those were the those were the simple days. Sort Look of. Look at your cute shirt. I wish this was a visual podcast because your shirt is so cute. I have recently uh, wardrobed up there. Uh, we we did a little shopping thing and got like six or seven things from J. Crew. So I'm a little a little gussied up. I would say it's a weird time to up your wardrobe because where are you going? But I see the point of it on this here video because you look great. And me, I'm in my exercise clothes. You know I, what you I mean? Know, I was about to do the same thing, but I just walked in from the rain. I was like, you know what? Let's put on something fresh. And- You're always a dapper gentleman. Aww. You always oh. have been. Um, Robbie, we're just going to jump right in. Do it. So you, when, when did I last have you on this podcast? October, I think. Like almost a year ago? Yeah. Great. So Robbie was on. I totally forget the theme of your episode. You were getting, basically you were getting into a serious relationship with a woman. You, you were very like when things are getting real or something. Things like were that. getting real. Is that what it was called? Things were something getting, like things that. are, when things get real. Something yeah, like something. that. Robbie is a brave soul. He's not being anonymous. He wants to spill his guts. Um, you were on when things get real. We talked about the beginning of a relationship. You didn't have a ton of relationship experience. So we were kind of navigating those early months when it's very like fun and exciting and chemicals, but also then the person starts to become a real person and that can be scary. And that's when, you know, a lot of people think the only hard thing is getting the girl or the guy, but then it's actually navigating, well, for the rest of your life, that relationship works that relationship but it's navigating all of those ups and downs you know the work or the excitement doesn't stop just when you get the girl you have to continue to grow and challenge yourself so it has now been almost a year yeah right and you're still with the same girl yes and it is i assume even more real than ever more real than ever so much growth and so much learning and so many discoveries and adventures and just depths of goodness and craziness and all of that um yeah you you nailed it though the the that early like three to four months of just like it's almost like a script like i feel like a lot of people could do that with their eyes closed Mm. because it's like such a safe like amount of time to sort of like you know have fun maybe you sort of like are hinting at a few things you've spent some more time together maybe you like do a few more nice dates like things can sort of feel like you've built something but then there's like very little at stake and then it's just like it falls off so i think that script i was extremely adept at so you were good at that first like three four months which i do always say not to toot my own horn but i'll go ahead and do it that people should wait to be titles, relationship, 
you know, really significant words until those three months have passed, because that's when you start to see the human being and the script goes away. And the most people are good at those first three months when the chemicals are high. And what's yep. really important is how you feel when some of those chemicals wear off and when you see someone's imperfections and they see yours. And that's yeah. when you and really think, figure it out. Yep. And I think subconsciously I was like, okay, I've been here before, so might as well just like keep moving and just plow through this stage because I'm curious what's on the other side. Great. And yeah. that is like kind of a blind jump because you're like, you're just pushing either titles or events or like meet the parents or go to this trip or say these words or whatever, just to uh, arrive at some sort of, you know, foregone conclusion that you want to arrive at. And I think that was a very, um, I was sort of being led blindly through that stage because it, there was an idea that I wanted something on the other side, but I really had no idea what I wanted. It's just that, that desire to sort of be like, okay, I've done this. I've been through this stage. What might it become? Um, and that just made for, I would almost call like a blur of a beginning because you're just basically on autopilot because you've been there mm -hmm. so many times. Mm -hmm. So you almost know nothing because you're just going through this kind of imaginary script in your head of like what you might do next. And you're not necessarily seeing what's in front of you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I was, uh, you know, empty of, of thoughts or ideas during that time, but you're almost like, if you're only thinking of what's next, then you're, um, you're just kind of figuring each other out and you don't have no idea what's going on, which was, which turned out to be fine. But I just looked at it in hindsight and I was like, that was such a blind, just like jump just to get to some. Which is so great because I have to say, we talked a couple times before that mm -hmm. when you were kind of, you know, uh, confronting the fact that you hadn't been in a really serious adult relationship yet. And a lot of that was kind of your, you were working on really being present in the moment and not overthinking things and not jumping to those thoughts and those goals. And so I think in a way, even though you kind of went on autopilot to these different benchmarks of a relationship, you also were allowing yourself to be present and just kind of go with it and not overthink, you know, where is this going? What are we doing? What am I doing? Is everything okay? Like you just kind of let yourself be caught up in it, which I think is a beautiful thing. And, you know, as people are in more and more relationships, they become more kind of like awake during that period, I think, for good and for bad. Like in some ways they have more kind of alarm bells going off because they're like, I've been here and someone before did that same thing and it didn't turn out good. And so I should stop. So there's a beautiful thing to almost the innocence of you in that just being taken on the ride and going and not not stopping to ask a bunch of questions. I think that's great. I think that's what you needed to do. And eventually, you know, things always kind of settle enough for the two people to really see each other as human beings and see if there's more there. You know, yeah. you'll always get to that point. Yeah, there was a bit of a serendipity with both of us being willing to um, not be afraid because we felt something that we really wanted and uh, allow ourselves to move through that and not just recoil because both of us basically were approaching that stage after that three to four months where it's like, do we like, are, are we both just being very protective and wanting to pull back? And I don't think either of us said it openly at the time, but there was this notion that we were in it together, having a similar experience for different, mm. very different reasons from very different like backgrounds, but for similar emotional reasons, there was like a, do we do either of us actually want to like, give this a go and fully like 
be there and show when up. When did the, that happen? Uh, for me, it was probably around the time we talked. So maybe mm-hmm. like that, you know, three, four months in, um, like October, November. And then for her, she had that moment probably around like Christmas. Um, Christmas Eve was actually very intense. <laughs> um, but I just remember it because that was her moment of like, what, you know, am, did I, you know, am I willing to do what do, I want this, but my past says I should do this and this and that. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of like facing that cliff or whatever you would, whatever you would call it um, mm-hmm. and saying like, I care. So therefore I really want this and I'm going to like push through and jump or whatever, whatever metaphor you want. Yeah. And then you, so that was back in, back at Christmas. And then you reached out to me recently because you were like, things are getting really, really, really real. And there's some stuff happening and I'm feeling, you know, a bunch of things. And can we talk about it? So what? The reason why it's even more real is because she gets the keys to her first home that she bought Mm. in two weeks. So like mid-August, she will be moving into her home that she purchased all on her own. In Where Queens. is it? Queens. Queens. And you live so, in, Brooklyn, uh, in Brooklyn, right? That's okay. not the big part. The no, big part no. is the fact that she has dedicated the last few years of her life to like save up a shit ton of money and buy an apartment. And I'm like the poster child for like Brooklyn, you know, pay rent and live as a musician, eventually start my own business. I'm doing well, but like I've never, I have not considered buying a home. I have not considered those next adulting stages so to speak and so the fact is i was like in the back of my mind i was like okay i've got this great two-bedroom apartment that i'm in right now this is my office and then the bedroom's in there and one day someone might want to live with me and i can work in my office and they can live in the bedroom and they can you know have their claws in the bedroom like i had my own little vision and sure. i didn't realize i'd like meet like a boss bitch that would basically like show up and have her shit even more like figured out more adulting, whatever. And so it's like basically the undercurrent, the under like tone of this situation is like, I'm moving in here. Like I would love for you to be part of my life. I think that we could, you know, I think we should one day live together. I want to see you in my life in that way. And it would just involve like a lot of changes combined with like her sort of setting the tone simply because of the logistics of what she is has accomplished. This is interesting. It's so interesting. This is an it's, interesting dynamic. I'm into it. It is <laughs> like the symbolism of what has happened is like kind of a symbolism of the power struggles too, you know, intense of a word, but the emotional dynamic of whose worldview and value systems are like, coming to the fore and who's sort of like taking the steering wheel. Hmm. That makes sense. Well, what, what's interesting to me is uh, you have always struck me as, as we've talked about very together, very on top of your shit, like very capable, very overthinker, very planner, very organized. Like your business is like helping people streamline their own, own organization. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like your, thing is that you're you're the guy who has it together and so it's very interesting to me that you're with someone who in some ways I'm sure not all but in some ways might even have it a little more together or at least as together as you do and that is interesting and I it's I'm interested to hear from you because I work with a lot of women who are strong powerful shit together career women who own homes or apartments or you know are just they 
you know, they're doing their thing and they're like, men get intimidated by me. And I, I'm usually like, I don't think that's really real. I just think you have to open up space in your life for someone to support you, not financially, but be, you know, no one is an island. And I think it's important for those women to allow help in whatever way in, um, but it's interesting to hear from the other side of that, of someone who is with, someone who doesn't need you to yes. help them get their shit together. And, you know, I'm sure she's impressed by you and what you do, but obviously you're impressed by her. Now you're shaking your head now. <laughs> Here's how I describe the dynamic. Okay. She sees, she's a visionary for the future in that she can like see a situation and then suddenly draw one, two, three, four, five year image in her mind of what something may look like. Like we could have a single fight or a single breakthrough and conversation and be like, boom, 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 boom. Here's what I see one day. Let's get married with kids or let's break up because of what just happened. So she's like, not, she's, let's just hold on a second. She's not a visionary. I didn't mean it like that. I yeah. meant the idea. I don't mean like Steve Jobs. I meant more like she is a. She's a future she's predictor. She's an imaginer. Yes. She's an imaginer. She's, yeah. She's, you, she's imagined she can see into the future exactly what this one yes. little incident means yes. for her entire future. She And not just incidents. It's that she wants to have kind of those things figured out for the future and How say, old is let's, she? she's my age 31. Okay, cool. Yep. We're both 31 about a month mm-hmm. apart. So yeah, I don't know what the term is. It's basically a dreamer is what she would call it. I think that's her exact words. So the dreamer notion of, I see my big picture future and I have all these goals, right? Um, For me, what you kindly said about me is a lot of the here and now. Like, yes, I organize. Yes, I structure. Yes, I have my shit together. It is in my bubble of this moment of probably a one to two year plan for my own life, which is like, you know, make X amount of money, get X number of clients, establish this as my home office, da, da, da. Maybe, you know, have a, a musical project that I do for fun, like things that I want to do that are in a certain time frame. So we've had a very interesting yin yang of my shit together is in the here and now. I don't back down on my values. I make sure that I'm always working and operating in a place of pure joy and contentment with my day-to-day life. That's why I take my job very seriously. I want to work for myself. I want to have my own company. Like every day I wake up, I'm excited about what I do. I go to bed. I'm excited to do it again. That is my here and now. That is my quote unquote shit together. But when she's like, so do you want kids? Do you want a home? Do you want to live upstate? Do you feel like you're, you know, you would see yourself hustling for this or that? Like, what if we wanted to, you know, go to Tahiti or Bali? Like, do you, would you want to do that? Would you have the money to do that? Are you financially stable right now? You don't have healthcare. You're, you're looking at an HSA for your business, but you don't have it right now. What if happened if this or that? So the here and now of how my shit together in comparison to the long-term is almost the direct inverse to she has her long-term plan figured out. She's like, I want to get this number of money so that I can buy this home so I can establish this thing so that I can build my future. But in the here and now it's, you know, we've got the, the stressful days at work. We've got the long drives home where she's like, I hate commuting. So it's like, so why are you commuting early on? We had the conflict of like, if this is not where you want to be in your career, she's a beautiful artist. She has drawn some amazing works. She has dreams of being a a children's book author. 
mm-hmm. and she has done these illustrations. She's written these stories. She has like 10 books in her head that she's like rattled off to me from time to time. So for me, I see it as like the, the here and now is, is incongruent because she's really focusing on whatever this big picture is that may mean that she has to do some sacrifices here in the here and now. So I don't know if that's a fair comparison, but I do feel like our, our shit together, whatever quote is on different wavelengths in different mm-hmm. time frames. Mm. And that's what makes it very interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, you're both first, you, you both sound like very intense people. <laughs> In different ways. Uh, in different yeah. ways, but but very intense and very kind of. I'm I. It sounds like you do admire and respect each other's strengths, but it also sounds like you are pretty both committed to your own ways of being. It's almost like a like a you know who blinks first. I hate to say yeah. it like that, but there's a little bit of that because I've we had a really contentious conversation two nights ago where it was like. She says, I would want to keep my money to myself. And then we maybe will pay for things that we need to pay for together. I've, my mother is a financial planner and I, she works with our finances and our family with my mom and dad. And they have a joint bank account mm-hmm. where they share in things. And my dad makes jokes all the time where he's like, if your mom got hit by a car tomorrow, I would have no idea where the money is. I let her do everything. She's the, she, she runs all the finances in the whole house and I love her and I don't care what she does with the money. Like he's kind of like, he jokingly, you know, acts like the puppet. So to come from that worldview of like my life where it's like, we're an open book. We're a family. We love each other. We can trust each other to her coming from a hustler, like, you know, I'm, I've got me, you know, she's got friends where she's like, Oh yeah, I have this like client. She's in fashion. She's like, I have a client who's, uh, you know, she puts money into a side bank account that's under the name of her 12 year old son. And that's how she buys her like Hermes and her Chanel bags. And it's like, her husband doesn't know. And it's like, I was like, she's like, she says, Oh, that was kind of like creative, isn't it? I was like, actually that's duplicitous and manipulative. Mm-hmm. And so we had these huge debates of like, what, you know, what is the right way? We ended up in a fine place in terms of like, okay, there's things you contribute, you can put it in together. You can, it's, it's, you know, you can build a family unit off of a joint bank account, but she's like, I should be able to have my free money for my projects. You have yours. That's just one example of like the value systems mm-hmm. coming into this budding heads. And it's like, whoa, like we both really believe in what we believe and how's that going to shake out? Yeah. Well, I do want to say really, really, really good on you for having these conversations because I think a lot of couples don't have them for a very long time because for some reason, money, finances, dreams, future are things that we're very afraid to talk about in our you know world. And so couples will just put it off and they might be kind of uncomfortable about money or there might be resentment about who pays for stuff more or whatever. They might not talk about it. I've heard horror stories of people getting married without talking about this stuff and then finding out about all this debt or finding out they have totally different belief systems around money. So I think, you know, to some people it might sound like a year in is early to be talking about this stuff. I really don't think it is because I think it's really important. And it's like, it's not actually, as you're finding, not about money as much as it it's about belief systems and what money means to you and what what it says about what's important to you and your relationship with it and what that says about your relationships with 
you know, other people or your family or how you feel about things. So I just think it's really good and I commend you because I know it's not easy. It's scary. And I think it says good things about your relationship that you're both willing to have this conversation right now and be honest about it and not kind of push it under the rug, which never works. Yeah. Um, Despite having like very different places that we're coming from, it's like if we want to broach a topic, we can do it and we dive in and it's gotten better and better in terms of the way we do that. Like early mm-hmm. on, it might've been something more of a, like, I, I, I can go forever. I, I don't, I don't, I have a debater family. We always can like, it can sound like we're fighting, but we're actually just like having conversation. Right. And then maybe early on, she would have a mindset of like, Whoa, I need to walk away. I'm going to go outside and like, you know, not talk cause I'm either mad at you or I, or I just need a second, like collect my thoughts that has transitioned into a, a, a pretty good uh, dynamic where we can kind of get to the, the heart of the matter in a respectful way, even if it's contentious in the moment. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's huge. That's amazing. And to be able to grow and make that better and better, like you're in year one, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And I'm proud of that. But at the same time, there's a, st- to everyone who I've, you know, shared my story with, it's like, that's still a pretty big roadblock in the middle there of those different values. And like, you know, one friend who I've spoken to is basically like, are those reconcilable? Like right now you're on two cliffs and you're both like, I like my land, you like your land. We're both very content. We see value in each other's lands, but do we want to build a bridge? And mm-hmm. like, is that happening right now? And I see it happening in small ways, but that's, that's you know, plank by plank, you know, yeah. um, sometimes a few steps forward, a few steps back. So the question of are those value systems reconcilable is pretty much central to where we're at right now because everything else has been steadily kind of working itself out. So when you say that's where the com- the main conversation you're having right now, what is the context for that conversation? Like, are you saying we need to figure out if we can find a bridge or we can't move forward with the relationship or what, where are you at with that? Does she, is she wanting you to move in to her she- place? So, you know, when I mentioned earlier the whole, like, that she's a dreamer, basically what she would say on a given day is kind of like a barometer for how she feels about our future, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So maybe early on when she was, I I would venture to say projecting a little bit, maybe like saying, I see these things, but I feel like he could be here. Like there was a bit of projecting that was maybe more of her saying like, let's go, you know, let's go get married. We're off the sunset. I think we could do this and that. You could come live with me. You could have your musical instruments and you can like put them in the thing. What do you think about this? We were like designing stuff together. It's like, that was very early on. Then it got to a point where it was like, actually, I don't know if I could ever live with you because of X, Y, Z, or because of the things I saw from, a you know, non-values related, maybe like how we did in quarantine, like I was maybe messier than she would have wanted, or it was like our ways of communicating then weren't as good as they are now. So it was like, I said some things that hurt her. She said some things that hurt me. Like, are we going to get over that? Or are we going to move on from that? So, so basically the junction was always like, you know, I think she would be the one to sort of lay down what she saw as the next step because my mindset was always like, okay, like, let's get through this. Let's get through that. I'm kind of like next, 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 next Mm -hmm. kind of person where she will make like a bold proclamation. Like I see you moving in with me in uh, fall of 2021. 
like she would just say those things happening like i want you to move in with me in you know 1.5 years like not like not so matter of factly but in a way that's like it's like oh yeah i could like i think we could do this after this amount of time like i want to live by myself for a little while she's never lived alone so it's like cool so the the kind of point that we're at is basically you know how does that future shape what we do today and if that future looks shaky she's always going to feel in a place of insecurity and there was a while where it felt like she was just continually kind of shrinking away and then it's like i had i had no one to love like it was basically like she's saying stuff like yeah i'm still here i'm still here but then it was like every day she seemed like she was like pulling away and not wanting to be in it so there was times where it felt really hard and then other times where it was like as we grew and figured it out she could start to see a future it was almost like the you know back to the future it's like you start to see a vision of what's possible and then you you step into that and then you start acting in that way and that's why like sunday we're going on our one-year anniversary trip and we're going to go to new hampshire vermont we're doing a little six-day road trip so it's like as she can start to see the future the the day-to-day actions can start to flower and flourish. It's interesting. I mean, it's hard because I I feel like she, so much of your relationship rides on whatever ride she's on, you know, like she's having a ride by herself in her mind of today I see this, tomorrow I don't, today I see, you know, that you just kind of have to be like, you don't know where you're at on any given day based on what's going on in her head. It hasn't been that drastic to where it's every day. Like I would say I would call the entire year, like maybe a three to four, maybe five time pendulum swing where it was like, Mm -hmm. we have a thing or this is on the rocks or we have a thing or it's on the rocks. So it's like, yeah, that's a lot of swinging in one year. Um, some of it very warranted, you know, Mm -hmm. I had not been past that early precipice that I mentioned. And so I was, I think falling back into selfish tendencies because I think I was like, Oh, now I have to like do work. I have to like be thoughtful. I have to listen. I have to be better at like, you know, end of day phone calls. Cause I'm not used to that. Like the whole, like driving home from work and kind of talking about your day and being able to be more responsive and, and engaging. So there were plenty of moments where it wasn't, I, I don't want to pin it totally. on like, Oh, she wasn't feeling it. So she started to, you know, feel differently. It was a back and forth of where we were at that then manifested itself in her wanting to feel like we had a thing, we had a chance, but we didn't have a chance. You're correct when you say that she would often set the terms of where we would be at and kind of, you know, define what we were going to be. She's like, so then we should just break up. Or it could be, so I think we really have something amazing here and we should live together. And those two extremes are, can be tough. And because my, day-to-day whatever shit together life that I was mentioning is such I feel like I have a pretty stable through line of like I've cared about you I've always cared about you we've had our our moments but it's been kind of like this you know like like a like a slowly rising stock market versus maybe feeling like I'm going to polar opposites and needing to to feel this way that's just me um, but being on the receiving end of it has led to potential feelings of insecurity simply because 
we're always constantly redefining where we're at. Yeah, that sounds exhausting, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and it can be, you know, it's, it's, you know, knowing, you know, I don't want to say knowing what to do, but knowing what steps we're taking together and how, you know, how that's going to affect what we want is like, that's probably the one thing that's made for um, um, anxiety in this past year is that notion. It's no small, it's no small thing. It's, no. it's, uh, it's nothing, but that has, is what has produced anxiety, which by the way, I will say is completely different type of anxiety from like a few years ago when I had panic attacks, which I think I mentioned to you uh, on the last time we talked. So it's like, it's just funny. It's like, it's a, it's a different, it's not like this, I'm not like, oh, what do I do? Like, I'm out of control. It's more of a like, okay, like this is manageable. I know what we, where we're at. I'm just, I'm getting these feelings by like proxy, like by mm-hmm. osmosis of like being on the receiving end has made me receive some of these feelings of anxiety, even though I would say most of the time, 80% of the time, I'm not initiating that or feeling anything that, you know, that extreme. So if she wasn't so wanting to know what her future looks like in terms of like marriage, babies, moving in together, you would be okay with the status quo, just taking things one day at a time, figuring out where they go. You, you're not in a rush. You don't have like. I think, yeah, I think that is who I am and who I came into the relationship as was Mm -hmm. a, let's just let it blossom as it as it stands today and let it be a tomorrow. And if tomorrow we don't want it, then we can talk about it Mm -hmm. Um, versus kind of planting a flag into the future. And then, you know, there will be, there will be conversations that don't don't make sense to me because it'll be something like a, well, I just don't want to have to worry about you being financially stable, or I just don't want to have to, think that we can't plan this together or I don't want to, you know, worry that you can't, um, you know, bring, you know, allow us to do things together that a lot of it is finances, but some of it is just like the, the idea of rising tides together. Like, can we level up together? Can we want things together? Um, and so the, you know, the day to day thing that is, that is the conflict because if I'm only the day to day, then I won't, have the language to talk about the future which is the which is the inherent thing that makes her feel nervous but you would if this were not happening you would probably eventually be like hey we should live together we've been together for x amount of time and i feel comfortable saying we should live together we should go to the next step like you wouldn't stay totally static you may not have those goals as dates in your mind but mm-hmm seems like you're not afraid of commitment you're not afraid of the relationship moving forward you're not afraid of like you know hitting those marks at the right time for both of you it's just that it's become this other thing it probably just feels too slow or too um ambiguous for her Mm -hmm. so that it seems like i don't want it because yeah. I'm not saying like, let's live together. Let me move in on day one and let me pay half the mortgage and let me, you know, go out and, you know, triple my income so that we can buy another car and go travel the country or do this or that. It's, it's, it's a lot of different things, but the notion that, you know, the, the issue of 
me not saying it and just saying like, I've, you know, I feel like we're continuing to progress on these things, but because it's not happening now, it changes the dynamic because she feels like she's sort of just like, like a, like a, like a plane taking off. And it's like, do you want to hop on with me? And but at like, other times she'll be like, but I want to live by myself for a while first. Yeah. So it yeah. sounds like she, she wants things to progress, but she also doesn't or wants things to move at her own pace or just has very set ideas about when things will happen. Like I'm going to live by myself for six months and then you're going to move in. It's, it's hard to say because yeah. like I said, I think it's more based on the reflection that I'm providing of where we're at than it is about her exact feelings. If that makes sense. Like despite her being the, you know, a quote unquote dreamer, there's a ton of times where I'm being sought out, you know, asked for my opinion saying like, what do we want? You know, where do you want to go to eat? You know, what do we drink? It's like, so I'm still really figuring out that dynamic of how much of it is it like her boom, 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 getting her, her wishes and her agenda and how much of it is just kind of a, you know, a, a, subtle way of her trying to see if I want what she wants and then just trying to like pull it to, you know, mm-hmm. it's almost like she didn't necessarily want to be alone for that long, but it's like, but because I wasn't more, I didn't have more oomph in my response and my desires, she uh, overcorrects or like recoils by saying, well, I'm totally. alone. Yeah, but yeah. really it's just that she might've wanted us to be on the same page and that I would want it exactly the way she would want it, you know? And how much of your time together, and I assume it varies, but how much of your time together is spent having these kind of conversations? Probably once or twice a week. And how often do you see each other? Uh, I mean, it's weird now just with like COVID, but it's probably three to four times a week, maybe three. So you have like pretty major conversations at least once a week. It's not major to the point of like, are we, you know, where's yeah, the relationship yeah, yeah. at? But it's but major it's like in that it's like, yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't want to go down on a gazillion anecdotes, but like the slightest event could be, you know, a thing, a trigger, if you will, where it's like, and then we start talking about it and it's, you know, um, you know, the money thing, or maybe it was a thing like where we go out and it's like, I, you know, let's say I, let's say I uh, run a red light on accident, not an accident, but like just a little closer than we would have liked, or we, uh, we do a, a lane change or something that's funny. And it's like, if you had your own car and you were able to afford your own car, I wouldn't feel worried about my insurance being affected by your decisions behind the wheel, because then you could drive your own car and I wouldn't have, you know, and then it's like turns into a, a, an existential conversation yeah, because yeah. of a traffic maneuver. Let me ask you this. Do you think if you got your own car, moved in with her, basically did everything she's asking. all the things, right. If you did all the things that she's saying right now, maybe outside of tripling your income at this exact moment, uh, do you think she would be satisfied and like done? Or would there be new things and new triggers? 
I think there's an inherent restlessness that she has in herself mm. that comes from a very specific upbringing that has led her to be a real go-getter and hustler. And I'm always like, always got to look out for me and make sure I've like, I've got me figured out. And if someone's going to join me that they can achieve that with me. And then the people who have been in her corner you know, she, she would, if she was here, she would say, I have not been in that many healthy, successful relationships, but she would probably also say that of the moments where it could have been, she found a thing mm. to pull away from whether. So it was- in some ways she, and this is obviously a human condition to never be satisfied and to always push yourself for more. And that's why we continue to do what we do but sounds like she has a little to the extreme of there's just always more always better always more achievements always more benchmarks to hit just goals it's a goals, value goals. System. like it's a it's yeah. a it's a state of mind it's not a like oh these are my specific endeavors that i'm at right now it is a if this is not the the mo then it's like there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that is what I have. Like she would say, that's what I have for me. And if I don't feel like I'm around a hustler, I feel like I'm like separating from, you, you know, where you, you're stretching and we're like not on the same page. And it's like, you're feeling like you're, you're leaving someone in the dust. And mm-hmm. I did I have asked her, I'm like, has anyone risen to the occasion with you mm-hmm. before? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm pretty sure the answer was no. The one person who I could think of that was the closest to that was emotionally and slightly physically abusive, you Mm. know? So it's like, great. He checked your list and mom's list of all the things on the external, but the, the, his heart wasn't in it. And Mm. I don't think that was a good relationship. So um, really interesting kind of parsing all this out and, I would say prematurely, maybe like January, February, I was being a little stubborn in the wrong ways of like, I don't know, my own habits. I would want to be like, listen to a podcast in the car instead of country music, or I'd want to like eat, you know, take out and mac and cheese instead of like cooking a nice dinner together. That has, we've, we've grown in, in some of those simpler ways, but in the, in the grander ways as things have approached, maybe like, I don't know uh may june you know may june july kind of these last few months i have really been straightforward and steadfast on just the value systems that i feel like i bring to the table because then i can at least sleep a little better at night knowing like you see me you know me and if i don't measure up it's i don't you know from a core human perspective it's not on me. And I don't want this to sound like it's this like attack. It's never an attack. It's more like I want, we both want to be our true selves. Totally. No, I think this is great. This is something yeah. I say to people all the time is like, if there's something, you know, that in, is inherent to who you are or, or who they are or whatever, and you don't speak up about it. I mean, you're just protecting yourself from the inevitable. Yeah. At least if you're just honest about who you are and what you need. Yeah then they can take it or leave it. And it's not that you don't care, but it's like much better knowing if she decides you're not right for her, this relationship isn't right. It's based on 
what's really important to you. It's not based on you trying to please her and failing, you know? Yeah. I don't think either of us have like collapsed inward to being something for the other person, but there's a really interesting discussion around like, let's say stretching yourself for your, for, to be your best self. Like I, before I met her, I had a goal for my business to make it more of a Robbie's tech consulting and now a company that has employees. I had that goal before it was moving at a glacier pace and now it's picking up because my, you know, I had, I didn't change who I was. Like I wasn't like, you know, compromising myself for her. I was achieving goals that I kind of wanted anyways at a rate of like, okay, because you, you value this, I kind of wanted it anyways. And you're helping me sort of accelerate that. So where does the line draw between like you standing up for who you are, da, da, da. And like, you know, stretching yourself versus the idea of falling or collapsing into someone who you aren't, you know, one is it, one is an outward kind of, you know, emanating goodness because you're growing and it's like, you can kind of feel the difference. I feel like, cause one is like growing and changing for the good, but the other is like compromise. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Collapsing in. So that's been something I think about a lot as an analytical person. Yeah. You're very analytical. Um, but I, I think it's a great point and it's something, you know, I say a lot when people are like, well, he's not where I want him to be, or he has roommates or this, that. And I'm like, part of the beauty of a relationship is that people do level up for each other. And yes, you had those goals in the back of your mind, but while it was you, you were going to move at your pace. There was no one. It's You kind of get like a personal cheerleader, hopefully. And hopefully they're not going to be like, do this or I'm not going to be with you. But you know, I use myself as an example haven't driven since high school and I moved out to LA being like, I don't care. I'm never going to drive. And Matt very gently has been like, if we're going to have kids, if we're going to have a family. And also I want you to feel confident. I want you to know you can do this. He never forced me, but he kind of gave me the confidence to do something that I knew I wanted to do, but I just didn't have the kind of motivation or inspiration. And now I'm driving on the highway drove on the highway the other day no if it weren't for COVID I'd have my license already but whatever yeah um but in that was a that was an example of like no probably on my own it would have taken me another five years but I have someone who has a vested interest in my well-being and really wants the best for me and could see that this was something that made me self-conscious and wanted to be there to support me. And I moved a little faster because of that, you know? And so I think, and he, on the flip side, when I met him, lived in a house with a couple in like their guest bedroom, essentially. And I could have easily been like, no, no, no man of mine that would be living in this situation. But he met me and that inspired him to level up his living situation and get out and get a place with me. And, you know, so I think there is a beauty to that where people inspire each other. But I hear you that there's a line and you, you kind of have to know what that is of like, this isn't just inspiring me and cheerleading me. This is feels like an ultimatum or this feels like a must do, or this feels like not me and I'm doing it for this person. Yep. Yeah. The leveling up as a, you know, that two sides of the coin would be either are you uh is it done in a way that builds people up and is and is like we're like yeah like you said cheerleading we're, we're growing together or can it be perceived as a threat where it's like our relationship is dependent on yeah. these these things being achieved and that's where the language has to change because it's like you know 
it, it gets it can get contentious really quick yeah. if it's like these are the things that must happen and on a second point the idea of let's say you know he was in this way you said guest house with some other people i've thought plenty about the timeline of these things and do we need to have a timeline and i know the ultra hippie and like laissez-faire mentality would be like okay whenever is whenever and then you're like 60 and you're you're not you're you're still you've been living together for 20 years you never had any kids you know nothing changed okay so that's that's too slow but the idea of like can is there is there a a set timeline of these things that we have to like hit these checkpoints it's like she's she you know she's used a language before of like we're not kids anymore and that's such a loaded phrase because it's like it means there's a kind of a a a technical uh time frame that is operating in your head and, and i'm not saying that's wrong i think a lot of it whether it's you know the most obvious one is like kids if you're not going to freeze eggs or anything like that but aside from that it's the all these quasi social pressures of you know we're here people see us like this i mentioned before she's you know asian background so there you know there's a there's a lot to do with the the presence and the optics of where you're at you know at a certain time so that is that's an undercurrent as well is is the timeline of it yeah i think that's uh... Yeah, it's very tough. I think, you know, for me, when I hear that someone is like using something as some sort of deal breaker or something, I'm like the only real do this or we're breaking up to me should be like uh, major psychological issues, addiction issues, like those kind of really fundamental you need to fix kind of things. I mean, I just think this is because those things would pull you apart day sure. by day versus, yes. in my opinion, a lot of these other things are constant kind of like grinding it out. We're doing some really great things together. And as long as you're moving in a positive direction, it's like, yeah, we could always want it a little faster, but it's not, you know, nobody's dying here. Right. Nobody's know? dying. You're not like mooching your life off of her. You're not, you know, like, I think this is very funny, too, because I mean, I obviously just also come from a totally different point of view but to me I'm like Robbie is so well dressed he works for himself he has a two-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn which is no small thing by himself like to most people you would be way ahead of the game you know like way ahead at 31 I always say if a guy's an artist you have to subtract 10 years from his real age so I would put you at 21 and you're doing great you know like and I the whole like we're not kids anymore. I just I I I bristle at that because I'm 36 and feel like I'm 19 always, and mm-hmm. that makes fun of me constantly for it, but in a very loving way. I just don't believe in that kind of like false. And yes, biological clock is real, real. And I do think there's a point at which, you know, you want to be at certain points in your development, if that kind of life is important to you, there are plenty of forever children in LA and New York and many other places that they're happy that way and I'm happy for them. Like if that, you want to live your life, you know, paycheck to paycheck, whatever it is, not to imply that that makes you immature because that's not always in people's control. But, you know, I don't think there's a false standard that anyone should live up to, but it sounds like this does kind of come from her family and just how she's grown up and... 
her being a hustler and having that mindset and okay we want the outside world to see us as adults and have a house and have this and that and I, I don't like that's just not I think you just have to go from within in terms of like what your goals are and what's important to you if it's not important to you to hit certain markers of adulthood then who cares and you know I I also know like there are just very different ways of thinking about what people on the outside think and some people put a lot of value in that and some people don't and to me that's another big difference between you two is that it sounds like she really puts a lot of a lot of stock in the outside world's opinion and you're much more of kind of a free spirit yeah um and I don't know if that's been uh I think that's actually been more of a balancing uh um effect than a pulling apart because it's sort of like I, I tend to come at it from what I would maybe consider more calming or or less in, intense kind of ad- attitude where it's like do we like do we like each other or love each other more than we did two months ago yes do we do we feel the same thing that we want yes do, do, do these outside things want to change and like do we need to change that like can we do it at a pace that makes sense for us maybe but like, because there's a lot of that, like, I think hopefully a good energy coming at it, it kind of, we, it can, it can temper what would otherwise be very contentious. Um, because yeah, I, I think a lot of those things, I, I definitely, I don't, th- I think as we, you know, as we grow older, we become more uh, concrete in our, uh, ways of living, you know, we become less flexible, you know, our brains start to kind of slow down. We, we don't necessarily adapt to like, seeing if I had a possibility of maybe, uh, let's say living, you know, abroad or being able to have a business that's, that's achieving what I want or, you know, creating, you know, a, you know, a flexibility for myself or doing whatever. So it, you know, gets harder. It's good to be like foot on the gas pedal. Um, but the balance of like doing it for us mm-hmm. versus doing it for the world yes. is like a very interesting kind of duality. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a tough question because in some ways, like like I said, it's such a beautiful thing when a person you're with can inspire you to do more and do better and achieve more and grow. And But it, but it all has to feel organic to you. It all has to feel natural to you. It can't feel like you're doing it to hit these imaginary points or to impress someone else. Like, yeah, we should all push ourselves for the people we love, but there's a difference between like pushing yourself and then abandoning yourself to to just achieve it you know you know i'm biased because obviously i'm much more of the hippie free spirit type than than the type a um and i often need to be (laughs) pushed a little but i don't know i mean it sounds like you guys are having good productive conversations i just think you really assuming that this isn't going to change. Like, I think you both kind of have to be working under the assumption. I remember my mom used to always say to me, the argument you have with someone will always be the same argument. So you have to decide if that's an argument you can live with. Yeah. Because in some form, it will always show up. Even if you get over the house thing, the kids thing, whatever it is, that same argument will be your core argument and you have to figure out if it's the one you want to have. And every every relationship has them. There's no relationship that doesn't have something that is always the issue for those people. 
but yeah. it has to be one that you're comfortable continually having and you just kind of have to like it'll reveal itself too it's not necessarily something you have to decide and like sit down and like decide but you'll just see like is it chipping away at me is it chipping away at us or is it mellowing and growing and we kind of know how to handle it and we know how to get past it or does it just build a little bit of bad feeling resentment contentiousness every time and that's not somewhere you want to be correct yeah million dollar question because yeah even if you wake up, you know, let's say three or four years from now, and it's like a lot of these things have been settled or we're, you know, hitting. For me, it's the idea of just like um, a foundational stability, whether that's like a set, you know, income so that we can know what we're working with so that we can, you know, go out and not have to worry about it if we want to do dinner, if we want to go here or there. And the, uh, you know, if that were to be achieved, uh, who knows, you know, it, it, the conversation may change, but it's like, where are you, where's your heart in that like discussion? And is it done from a place of, you know, the external or is it for like you to feel safe? Like is she you know, trying to feel like she can be safe? You know, the idea of like, don't want to have to worry about you. Like those exact words have been, use a few times but what about the idea has this been broached at all i assume it has but of her being more of the breadwinner i mean it sounds like she... that is a big value no no that i think gotcha. has made her feel weird okay um which is interesting because would I you have... be okay with it if it was like she makes money you make up for it in other things and right. you yes. you would be fine with it Yes, that is the that is a crux for us because she wants to feel more like the woman in the relationship in many ways. But it's like, so if that were to happen and then you get a guy who's whatever, able to just princess you all day, every you do all the things, you know, you got a lot, lots of lots of juggles. So you got the emotional, you got, got the, the financial, the family. If all that stuff is, is checked off, um, is it going to create that sense of contentment um, where you feel that safety? And it's like, so like, are you belying, like, are you going against your own needs by whatever settling or, or, or being around someone who is creating friction? Like, are you projecting, you know, for someone who, you know, isn't going to put you in that position where you can feel like you could be whatever, the woman in the relationship. So. I mean, there are also so many ways to feel like the woman yeah, in a yeah, relationship, you know, like plenty of couples where the woman makes more or works more or whatever. At home, she still can be the woman. She can be taken care of. You can, you know, cook. You can put dinner on the table. You can get, give her a massage or like whatever. There's so many ways to feel like a woman. I don't know. I, I suppose it's just her value system that the money is attached to that idea. Yeah, a lot of the intangibles of just being able to go out and not, you know, have to worry about, you know, the bill, like who picks it up or, or, um, you know, the the home that there's like an equal contribution there. Um, it, it sounds reductionistic to make it only a money conversation, but at least for now, it, it, it's sort of the common denominator because it has to do with feeling cared for. And I think that, you know, I would argue that there is a lot of ways that I, you know, bring a, a strong caring emotional mentality it's like I, sure? I i value presence and i value 
um, my ability to be there for someone. And like, that's something I've kind of brought for my family where it's like, you know, my mom has risen the ranks in, in her career, but she could always do a 45 minute conversation in the middle of the day. If I called her, you know, while she was at work, if I wanted to talk about something. So it's like that sort of, you know, having those priorities is, is something that I have. Um, have you but, talked to your parents about this? Sure. Yeah. What do they, what's their take? Um, not in the extreme detail of like this sort of the expectation. It's more because, uh, because, because, uh, you know, following the notion that I presented earlier of like how it's, how you're being viewed by others in the same way, the idea of your parents seeing us as having struggles is like a big no, no. So it's like, so that is not something easily, you know, um, broached and just been like, Oh yeah, I told my mom all about you know <laughs> our debates and, and where we want. It's like, Oh no, she's going to hate me now. Like that's the, that's the, um, that's the, the undercurrent to that. So yeah, with, with family conversations, more about just like, you know, how to stay true to yourself, you know, mm-hmm. how to be able to support and, and uh, be, be a good partner, even if it's ways that are stretching you. So it's mostly been about the more abstract ways of um, just leveling up and being my best in ways that I, I do want, you know, mm-hmm. but then when it comes to these values, it's like, we're definitely kind of like working a lot of that out on our own. We've both had a few. It's so funny because don't all you get to please tell me this don't all couples they retreat each person retreats to their corner it's like a wrestling match and then they talk to their friends who lo and behold are always going to have the value systems that back them up and say i've got you i'm in your corner because that's how we work we surround ourselves with people who are most similar to us so i'm going to be around someone who's going to say oh you should really stand up for who you are and feel like you are enough and this and that even this conversation you and i are having i feel like we're on similar wavelengths and then she'll have a lot of her friends who are going to say like of course if if he can't you know if he's if, if, if he's not showing up or if he's making you feel like uh not like belittled or in in any way or that you're not you know able to uh be cared for or 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 maybe if he said i said a thing that like you know uh like like when we're having the driving home thing and we would have conversations and there were times where i would be a little absent-minded because it was like i'm not good at these things so i would like not hear everything and she'd like talk about a thing and be like you get so she'd be like talk to her friends and they'd back her up so anyways the notion of i think um to answer your question <laughs> to an extent but i also like uh well one i i of course have friends that back me up but i also choose to have friends that will tell me the truth mm-hmm. and that will tell me when i'm being ridiculous or you know will kind of you know show me the light in that way but also I mean, I know we need our friends for support and it's very important to have people you can talk to, obviously, about your relationship and get help. But I do think most of the conversations about whatever conflict you're having should just be the two of you. I don't I don't think you should there should be a lot of retreating to corners and talking to friends. I think if it's like a major issue like you're experiencing now, you know, some big kind of life question yeah, it's great to have the people who know you weigh in, but but it, I, at least for me, like I don't, I'm not a big like report, report to my friends kind of person. I kind of feel like if I have an issue with Matt, it's 
our issue and we need to talk about it and and make sure that we're not being influenced by a lot of outside factors. Yeah, I think my uh, overall verbosity and a desire to just talk to everyone and leave no stone unturned has uh, maybe led me down that path and I'm learning to be a bit more respectful. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not that helpful too to get a bunch of different voices and opinions yeah. in yeah. your head and then yeah. you can lose track of what you're real. Yep feeling about and, and maybe maybe I did that because I feel I mean I don't know that I'm less uh you know porous to like those outside kind of ideas and and so I would be willing to talk about it and feel like I would still know me but it doesn't matter like regardless of how much I think I can stand in what I believe it's like it's it's more it's healthier and more respectful to just like you said have the you, you know, you care for the thing in the middle and then we're nurturing that. And then instead of it just being this constant tug right. and pull. Like I'm going over like, here to talk. I mean, I do yeah. think all of that said, I think, like I said, it's very important to have that support system, especially if there's like things going yeah. on that need to be talked about. Yeah. Um, you can always go to your loved ones. But I just think, you know, you don't want it to become like a regular report about what Robbie's doing to my friends and get their support so I can go back to him and say, my friend said that you were wrong. Like that, yeah, we don't really need that. That's, you know, and it sounds a little like too some of her issue about caring so much what other people think. That's just kind of perpetuating that, you know. Yeah, and I think she early on she did not do this at all because she knew how much she would be influenced, you know, mm -hmm. by the outside perspective. But I wasn't doing us any favors because I was just a blabbermouth because I've <laughs> never I told my family when I got my first tattoo. Like I'm like I literally have no filter. So learning to respect that so that the the mirror of the relationship mm -hmm. would allow for a more um, a healthier dialogue so that neither of us have to be like that or, or we can draw better boundaries yeah. so that we can respect each other in that way. I mean, I will say that there are all different types of relationships, obviously, and some people are really happy and comfortable in a relationship where they're having these debates all the time and they're everything is like a big conversation and we're, we always are over and it, you might be a person that really enjoys that because you do love to talk and you love to debate and you love to think things through and analyze. The first, you know, but it's that whole thing which I never thought could be true until I experienced it of like, it's easy when it's right. And you just kind of, it doesn't mean you agree on everything. doesn't mean you have everything in common, but it doesn't, the relationship doesn't become about the relationship. Like you yeah. don't spend a good portion of your time talking about the relationship, maybe in the beginning to kind of navigate some bigger things, maybe. And, you know, occasionally like when big life things happen, then those conversations happen. But I hear from many, many people in relationships that it just flowed and was easy and like values wise things matched up. That's not to say you can't be with someone that it's always kind of a butting heads. That is also a lot of relationships where people are very happy but I just want you to know, as someone with not a ton of relationship experience, that relationships yep. can look a lot of different ways and they don't always look like this. Yeah. And it's not uh, to say it, one is better than the other. It's just to know that there's, you know, yeah. variety. I think I think back to like long term and by long, I mean like five to seven years of like a platonic female friend where there's a bit of that kind of thing. 
and you can have that sort of natural energy. Now, there's no stakes to that relationship, so it's a little right. different. So, but yeah, the idea of like it not needing to be a project, and you know, for for some of it, it could just be that because it's a thing, it's new. It's like you end up putting on your you know uh, thinking cap and making it a project when it doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. That's that's another. That's also question. you. That might be you. That's me. <laughs> so I'm kind of learning to like not just do that because it's the thing and it's the new thing and it's what's in front of me. And it's like, okay, you're always journaling and analyzing and Mm. writing. It's like, you know, you know, it's, is it, is it necessary to do all that? Is it time sometimes to just let it be? Or or are you learning really important truths that you need to know that like will inform what comes next? So, you know, as always balance, but um, I, I hear what you're saying, not, feeling like it needs to be a project mm-hmm. <laughs> or or something that's always being kind of right and i think i think there's really great things about this dynamic of your relationship that other people could learn a lot from which is like obviously your partner is very very good at speaking up for what's important to her for what she needs for telling you when you're doing something that she doesn't like and you're good at doing the same and also standing up for yourself and then you're both good at kind of compromising and working out these things so i think those are all amazing skills to have and to learn and whether you stay in a relationship with her forever or you go to the next one all of those skills and moments will come with you and you will learn Mm -hmm. so much and you'll start off you know at a even higher level but I do think it would be interesting right now because your instinct is so much to talk and analyze and talk to other people that it can cloud certain decisions and how you feel about something and your enjoyment of that overanalyzation can almost, you know, it like replaces, right. It replaces actually having to do anything or deal with it. Cause you're just like, my mind has so much to do. I'm so busy in my mind. And I know you're like a very present person. And I, I would just wonder if like maybe for the next few months or so or even set yourself a smaller goal than that of just not having these conversations and just sitting with it and just seeing what it feels like you know it's like how I tell people when you go on a first date you're not deciding if you want to be with this person you're just seeing if you enjoy yourself do you like Mm -hmm. hanging out with them so just you know if you could and I don't know if that's possible for your relationship but if you could say to her I would love to table all of these conversations for a solid month and just not have them and just see if we just enjoy our time together. We will yeah. obviously come back to these conversations, but it but it's like a scab that you keep picking off so it can never really heal. It's like just constantly digging up the conversation. At a certain point, it's not productive and it's just not letting like our minds need time to marinate on things sometimes and they can't marinate if we're constantly stirring the pot sometimes we just have to leave it over there let it sit enjoy the relationship enjoy each other remember why you're together have fun together do so many other things and let let yourself not think about it and not talk about it do you think that's There's two two major things that are that are coming up that I think will promote that. Mm-hmm. One is Sunday we're going on this right. six day thing where it's like the only thing we've planned officially is a campsite for our first night, and then the rest is all open. So a lot of that is sort of symbolic of where we're at in terms of maybe allowing things to sort of 
be more spontaneous and not structured and over overly clenched. Secondly, like I said, moving into her place, mm-hmm. you know, she's about to have silence, true silence for the first time in her life. And mm-hmm. I'm not exaggerating, you know, six people in a small house in Queens and a cat <laughs> uh, lived with some other roommates throughout the years Two of the sisters, no, one of the sisters moved out. So it's now five, she, you know, mom and dad are, are anyways, um, this, that will be very interesting. Just being able to do that. And I don't know how soon it'll be to where she's there and can just have that, you know, less of the, you know, the clench, more of the just being that may be a ways away. But like, I, I've been very much curious of that chapter for us. Um, seeing, seeing what it will do for, or what it will mean, you know, for for the next step. So, um, yeah, I like the idea. I mean, I've definitely proposed this in a not so exact way of saying like, Hey, I know we're, you know, doing these things and we're working on these things. Could, can we, can we, you know, ratchet down just enough to say like let's let today just be fun or let's let and not that it's not fun but let it let it let's let this week or or whatever not be about those things you know but it's hard if there's like all sorts of little things that remind us of what we might want to talk about sure but i think uh, fighting that urge because i think it's like once you like once little things are reminding you of what you're talking about, yeah, every single thing is going to remind you of what you want to talk about. And you can just keep talking about it, keep digging it up, digging it up, digging it up. And and it's like if you can resist kind of like re, like building a new track in your brain. Right now you're going down the same track. You have this like muscle memory of a track every single time. And so to the point where you both know what your positions are, you're going to go back to your positions you're going to do the same dance and it's you want to like find a new track like you just you know first of all you want to table the conversation a bit so you can both figure out how you actually feel you can figure out why why you are together why you enjoy each other and it's not just for this future life but it's for now and you might find that your point of view or what you think is actually different than what you thought or that you have changed in some way or she has and but you can't know that if you're like in such a habit of having this conversation that you just always go to your designated spots you know what I mean like you need to try something new I think in order for it to move forward in either direction like whether to figure out this isn't right for us it's too it's we're too far apart or to figure out actually we can do this we just never thought of it this way before and we're both willing to be flexible you know but I think there has to be like a break from this conversation and that includes talking to your family and friends and everyone mm-hmm. else about it. And yeah. just when it comes up in your brain, be like, don't need to deal with that now. Go into something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see if, I, I think just um, just to, by the fact of being in a new environment, this this trip could could be a little bit of that, but, I, but I'm making a mental note to see if that can be a bit more intentional of a thing, you know, that yeah. we see if that's possible and you know it's so it's so tough for both of us of to, course, to, yes. to, to just sound like catch, catch those moments yeah. and and then and, and never and and not do it um but yeah i like well, and it i think to, to to also like make sure she knows that it's not 
It's not you saying, I'm not ready to have this conversation. Yeah, I don't have it. It's yeah. you saying, I want to have it in a new way. And therefore, I think we both need to step away from it for a second because mm-hmm. I do want to have it and I do yeah. care about it. And so I don't want to keep repeating the same conversation. Yep. <laughs> She's literally FaceTiming me right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like we're in a good place. Do you feel like we're in a good place? So serendipitous. Your wow. face just got so red. <laughs> well, because you just, I was just like, there was in it. And like, I was, she can I thought, see me. She knows. Well, no, she knows. She knows. She knows. But I thought that, I thought that, um, I thought that it canceled our call for a second, but it was because it just showed up on the computer. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I love what we were talking about and I think it's, it's great. And so um, it's going to be interesting to implement that, see, see where it might go um, and see if, see if the, the track, what a track might look like in that way. Yeah. Just yeah. change it, you know, and, and take a real break. I think you should really enjoy your one year. I think you should really enjoy the fact that you got to the one year, that you guys made it through all of these hurdles, and that's amazing, and that you stuck with it. Like, there's really something there that you both chose to keep working through those things that came up, and I think it's really hopeful both for your relationship, for other people to hear that that's possible, and for any future relationship that you might be in whether it's your future relationship with her or someone else. Um, And you should be really proud of that. And I think you should just take this trip to celebrate that. And then I think when you come back, you should encourage her to just be with herself in her apartment. It might be that being away from her family is like really good for clearing some stuff up and both of you having space and then you getting to come over to her space and all that. I think, you know, Breathe for a second. Breathe and and let yourselves just enjoy what you've created, which is really yeah. beautiful and to be proud of. Yeah, I love it. Love so thank you. you. So good. Yeah, always. Go call her back. <laughs> <laughs> Have a wonderful time. Have a wonderful trip. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Drive safely. Sounds like you're a little bit... <laughs> I'm sensitive to that stuff. Uh, No, you sound great. Uh, Enjoy. Let me know how things are going. Of course, as always. I love to hear. Yeah, great to talk to you. Thanks, Ravi. All right, bye. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. So this was a little bit different because we got to talk to someone in a relationship. And as we can see, the work doesn't go away once you find your partner. In fact, you are always working on yourself and your relationship and your communication and standing up for yourself and having tough conversations. And I stand by everything I said, obviously, um, that it's so great what Robbie has been through, what he's experienced, how he and his partner were able to get through so many ups and downs. Uh, But it's also really good sometimes to take a break from those difficult conversations. You know, I say it on the first date, the third date, the third year, whatever it is, you don't want the majority of your relationship or your date or anything to be spent talking about the relationship or talking about the date. I always say don't talk about dating on a first date. Keep it about what's between you two, the energy, the fun, the silliness, the joy, what's around you, your surroundings. We just don't want a relationship to revolve around the conflicts or the problems. And if you're having the same argument over and over again or discussion, that probably means it's time to take a break, 
let that marinate in the back of your mind and go do something sweet, bake something just to keep with my food metaphor with the person you're with to remember why you're with them and why you're having these conversations. So that's what I think. If you would like to come on the podcast, you can reach me, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com, notyourtherapistpodcast on Instagram. I accept listener questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, You can reach me there. You can come on the podcast anonymously or not. Thank you so much to Robbie Klein for being so open and sharing so much and You're just great. We love you. Can't wait to hear how things go. Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my amazing editor, Melissa Gruen, Christine Bartolucci, all of you for listening, rating, reviewing. And please do leave a review if you find yourself with some time on your hands. And oh yeah, making dating fun. (laughs) 